T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Jacob Albrocht. Tommy Kester, this is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Everybody to Sports Daily. Glad to be with you on this hump day edition. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, Jad Chambers producing for us. Great night of college basketball in the Sunflower State. We'll talk about that. Both KU and K-State winners. We'll have the voice of the Jayhawks, Brian Haney, coming up uh, in just a little bit. We'll begin to maybe look ahead some to the NFL weekend. Uh, I, I've got a Tommy rant a little bit at the narrative that we talked about yesterday following the college football championship and bigger picture and all that kind of stuff. I knew it was coming and it gets under my skin. So we'll do all of that here on the show today. Take your calls, 869-1240. We've got movie tickets to give away. So what we want to do, we've got three, four packs of movie tickets to Plane uh, with Gerard Butler. You get a sneak peek over at Boulevard Town West. And you can do that. That showing is Thursday at 12 o'clock. Let's do this. Let's get things started right today, Tommy, and give away a four-pack right now, right off the top. Second caller, as we make our way through this first segment, can get a four-pack of those tickets. We've got three four-packs to give away today. So we'll do that throughout the show, and we'll get things started right. Good morning, Tommy. How are you? I'm good. Looking forward to giving away these uh, movie tickets all day long. I, I hadn't actually watched the entire tra- entire trailer until yesterday uh, and I'm with you uh, you mentioned it yesterday it's a good like uh, just no um, no strings attached good action thriller uh, and so yeah. I'm looking forward to it I think it's going to be a lot of fun an easy watch sit back relax exactly. don't think a lot about it just knock it out get it done uh, we're we're happy to be able to give that stuff away uh, thankful for our partners over at Boulevard Town West for making that possible. A lot of fun. Glad to be here with you guys on a Wednesday. And it is a great Wednesday to be here after a big Tuesday night of college basketball. It is that time of year. Um, You know, the weather, although the weather's been great for us here lately. I shouldn't say the weather sucks because we've been lucky the last couple of weeks. But, you know, typically this is the kind of year the holidays are behind us. Uh, Everybody's just sort of like, okay, 
Now what do we do? Uh, it's the winter time. Well, thankfully, we have college basketball. And this year, we have really, really good college basketball coming out of the Big 12 with both Kansas and Kansas State. Um, Tommy, both winners, sort of in the ways we predicted, right? Like we liked Kansas going over their number. They went over fairly easily. And we liked K-State covering their number. Wasn't easy, but they got it done. Massive wins. The crowd at Bramlage was exactly what we wanted to see. The crowd at Allen Fieldhouse, I think you could probably tip your cap and chalk that win up to Allen Fieldhouse last night if you watched the KU game. That was a classic example of why that's one of the best home court advantages in the country. Uh, they're playing that game on any other court, Tommy. I don't think there's any way that comeback happens, but it did. And that's the benefit of playing there. And hopefully Bramlage across the street can you know, capture some of that because it was a big factor for K-State last night. And how fun is that, right? Like you get... You just you get those sorts of atmospheres, and I think we're going to have them the rest of the way this season, and and hopefully for a long time in the future. That's what it's all about. I mean, it's this is this is the state of Kansas, and on display on national TV two times last night, we did not disappoint. High quality basketball, and we got to see them back to back, right? Because Kansas State played at six, and then KU played at eight, and so we got a chance to see two of the best teams, if not the two best teams in the conference square off uh, in their respective matchups last night. And it was so much fun to watch um, the electric energy and just the way that these two basketball programs uh, were able to get their victories in kind of different ways a little bit. Kansas State didn't have their best shooting night, um, but they still found a way to win. That's a testament to Jerome Tang. Um, and I <clears throat> we talked yesterday on the show about how Oklahoma State defensively can be very pesky and they were uh they they gave kansas state fits especially in the first half but the wildcats were able to um you know kind of close the the game out a little bit and they went to their two all-americans right it was noel and it was johnson those two guys uh basically put the team on their backs and led the wildcats to victory as long as jerome tang has those two guys on the court uh, you're going to see really good things from the Wildcats. So a really impressive victory. Um, Oklahoma State uh, looked really solid for a good portion of that game. And they're one of the weaker teams, I think, respective to everybody else in the Big 12. And so, um, again, it's, it's like a broken record every day. We're talking about how difficult the Big 12 is. And that's just another example of that. And then the late game in, in Lawrence with KU, yeah, that huge comeback. Um, you know, at one point they go down by 10 with five minutes to go. And all of a sudden here comes Allen Fieldhouse a little bit. And, you know, I think that there is an argument to be made that the, the referees helped dictate that game quite a bit. I mean, both teams went to the line an awful lot, but Kansas didn't shoot the ball well in the second half at all. Went, what, 13 minutes without scoring a field goal. It was free throws that kept them in the game. And then, of course, they were able to, you know, down the stretch, be able to get some really timely and key buckets to be able to complete the comeback and get the win against the Sooners. And Oklahoma is, I think, considered one of the weaker teams in the conference, too. And they played Kansas really close. So, again, you never know what you're going to get night in and night out. You know, you and I mentioned on the show yesterday that out of the three matchups, we thought that one of the favorite teams would lose. It didn't happen. Iowa State absolutely put it on Texas Tech. Uh, and so yeah, I, I yeah, think we kind of have a better idea. Exactly. Yep. I think we have a better idea now, a little bit, of who the top dogs in the conference are. Yeah, it's. Um, it, I, I think so, too, and Iowa State's one of them. I, that was a really disappointing outcome for Texas Tech, but um, 
you know, it, it is what it is. They're going to have to, they're going to have to figure it out. I really hope they don't fall hard. I root for them because of Mark Adams and his connections to where I'm from. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. We're, we're seeing a separation, but we're also seeing in that separation, Tommy, the, the difference between Oklahoma and Oklahoma state who are near the bottom right now and the top in Kansas state and Kansas who played their games at home and how close and how tight those games were that, you can't really take anything for granted here. And Kansas State goes to TCU on Saturday. Kansas hosts Iowa State, and they both know what's looming after that on Tuesday. They play each other. So, you know, Saturday, uh, we get the opportunity again to go 1 and 3 o'clock, right? You get a chance to watch them back-to-back, and it's going to be awesome. Um, we'll look into these two games specifically throughout And we're going to talk to Brian Haney in the next segment, the voice of the Kansas Jayhawks, get his thoughts. So uh, we'll sort of hold on KU and get some thoughts and and conversation going with Brian Haney. So let's look at the K-State game then. And Oklahoma State comes in. Oklahoma State does, I I think, pretty much what they want to right in the first half. They they win it 32-30. to Um, Kansas State did a really nice job. They hit a late shot in that half of, of keeping things within reason to be able to come out and regroup. And then what did Kansas State do in the second half? This is what I thought was really interesting. It wasn't that Kansas State was like, okay, we've got to fix this offense, right, and get back to our, you know, where we're averaging 86 points a game over the last couple or whatever. No. They came out and they said, well, let's, you know, they they came out and played fantastic second half defense, held Oklahoma State to 23% shooting in the second half after they were 45% right in the first half and and cut the three-point percentage in half. And all of a sudden, it was an in-game adjustment, I think, and I haven't listened to Jerome Tang's sound after the game, where Kansas State said, forget this. Let's, let's win this game a different way. And they did it by doing better what Oklahoma State does. We'll just smother them defensively because Kansas State, it wasn't a great offensive first half. The second half really wasn't that much better. Right, like it, it, they were a little yeah. bit better in the second half, but not a lot better. They got to the line more, and they played much better defense. And so now we're seeing some of the things that really make you wonder about K State's prospects, because for two games on the road, they relied on their offense. Then they flipped the script immediately at halftime of the first of their first game back at home, and they go with a totally different strategy. It works. And we're seeing some of the chops of Jerome Tang, I think, in-game now. And those are the questions we all needed to see. But that kind of thing right there, I think, is how really good teams find ways to win on not their best nights. And I think that's what we saw out of Kansas State last night. Yeah, I think on top of that, too, that's Jerome Tang knowing his opponent, right? Um, Oklahoma State, I think that there was a thought probably at halftime where it was, hey, the Cowboys are not going to be able to keep this up. They're just not that great of a shooting team. And so, yeah, they shot 45% from the field in the first half. If we can lock down defensively, uh, they're not going to make those kinds of shots as frequently in the second half. And they sold out to that, uh, made that adjustment at halftime and in the second half. And, you know, I I hate to be this guy, but I'm going to be the guy right now where I think that Isaac Brown and Wichita State can take a, a lesson from what the Wildcats did and not just be a one-dimensional team, be able to adjust a little bit 
when the opponent is giving you something different and finding different ways to win. We've talked about it multiple times, and I don't want to turn this into a conversation about the Shockers, but we've talked about it multiple times that, you know, Wichita State has had difficulties adjusting in-game and really finding other ways to score the basketball, to defend, to play in a different way. Uh, They kind of become one-dimensional at times, and that's not what Kansas State is doing. Uh, They were able to be able to lock down defensively and get kind of a gritty win. And again, uh, that's, again, a testament to Jerome Tang. Hats off to the Wildcats program because we've seen them win when they score 116 points. We've seen them win in an overtime game where they're scoring above 90. And then we see them last night beat the Cowboys at home and score 65 points to get the victory. So they're finding different ways to win. They're not one-dimensional. And that's going to continue to grow what they can do. And, And think about it this way. The confidence of the players to be able to say in game, if something's not going their way, that's all right. Let's adjust. We can do it a different way and we can find a way to win. That's going to speak volumes to the future of this program and where they're going. Oh, and by the way, you get maybe a play of the year candidate on an alley-oop one-handed dunk from Noel to Keontae Johnson um, that if you didn't watch the games is worth going to check out because it was incredible. Um, It was amazing that they do that at the moment of the game that that it was made and what was on the line. Man. Um, but don't you think the other thing too about Noel and Johnson when opponents are scouting them and game planning for them, uh, and, and this is going to be an, a, a, you know, a really obvious statement, but it would be a whole lot easier to game plan if they only had one or the other. But Kansas State has both of them that you have to game plan for, and that makes it so much more difficult for an opponent to try to contain both of them. Yeah, oh, for sure. It, look, I think, uh, you know, what we're seeing it just each and every game and this is what's so awesome and look i know the momentum's building cuz i i really try to to like stay in tune with groups of friends that are you know of each fan base and just sort of feel out the momentum and you know football was there and football was so great this year but it has taken no time to flip over to basketball. And normally I don't think that would happen, but it but it's all sort of happening at the same time. And we're seeing them play. I mean, every time we see them, it questions, any questions that might remain are answered. And and this is, and I don't, and, and I'm guilty of this. You know, we, we put so much into preseason expectations and in college basketball, especially, Preseason expectations mean so little. Like, they really don't mean anything. Um, In today's college basketball, that's even amplified more. And I I think we're having a hard time. And and when I say we, I'm including myself in this. Like, if we didn't have any preseason expectations, right? Like, if we didn't have any preseason rankings, if we didn't have any polls, if we didn't have any anything... K-State basketball right now would be a top 10 program in the country. And, and if you're watching them play, I don't think anybody would argue with that. But I think we're still, because of what the expectations were, and, and I don't think those expectations were unfair. They were totally fair based on everything that happened in the offseason. You but, just didn't know. It was unclear. Right. And and so it's still like, well, what about, what about, what about? It doesn't matter anymore. Like if you just yeah. watch them each and every night, and it wasn't this way early in the season, 
but it's this way now, but it wasn't early, and that's that's a part of it too. And they're playing at a level now. Like there aren't many nights where you watch teams that are better than they are right now. The way they're playing, the, si- the signs were there from the beginning, and I'm guilty of not realizing it at the time. Um, when Jerome Tang was hired, uh, I remember thinking, okay, he won the press conference because he's got the enthusiasm and the energy. You know, I see him at football games and and. Um, interacting with the with the Kansas State community, and he's super energetic, super enthusiastic, and I thought, okay, that's cool. What I should have been thinking at the time, though, was, man, I can't wait to see his team buy into the energy that he has. And the signs were there in the offseason, and I think that the question became, all right, is this going to translate in-game? Is it going to translate on the court? And it absolutely does. I watched Jerome Tang after the game, do the Wabash Cannonball with the crowd. And uh, it, it was incredible. I'm a Jerome Tang fan. I love Jerome Tang. I will go on record saying that. And not only because of his energy, but the fact that his players buy into it too. And there are so many times uh, in sports in general where you've got a coach or a manager, the leader of the team, that exhibits some kind of energy, some kind of enthusiasm, and it doesn't translate to the players. And that's a big disconnect, right, between player and coach. And that's not happening at Kansas State. You watch the way that these guys play, and you watch the energy that they bring to the table night in and night out, and they are mimicking the energy that Jerome Tang has. And so, again, I'll go back to saying the signs were there when he was hired that he could bring that and have it translate onto the court And I think that because we just didn't have any concrete data to back it up at the time, and he was a relative unknown, um, his first head coaching job, the team only was returning two people. Yeah, there were a lot of signs that pointed to, okay, it's going to take some time for this program to grow. But as far as he, as far as he's concerned with his energy, his enthusiasm, all of that, the signs were there that he was going to be able to bring it this season. Oh, for sure. And and it was really the roster. I mean, that's the thing. There was the unknown of Tang, right? But there was a total unknown of this roster. I mean, we were all excited that Keontae Johnson was coming in. That was a late addition. But outside of that, remember, they lost everybody, basically. They kept Marquise Noel, who was clearly uh, awesome. And they kept Ish Masood. But they lost Nigel Pack. And Nigel Pack was borderline All-American last year. And then they lost the other guys, too. And it was like, okay, well... They probably could have used losing some of them because they didn't have a very good season. That's all fine. But Nigel Pack, like that's that was the key to everything. And Marquise Noel yep. has just stepped right into that, and which has been amazing to see. And and we saw glimpses of that from Noel. I mean, Noel had it flashed right in, in the past, but not like this. And he and Keontae Johnson and and I suppose Jerome Tang and the coaching staff are all on such the same wavelength that. It's good, like when when you have a great point guard on the same page as his coach, and you don't have to look any further, right, than Kansas to see the same thing happening and how much success that can lead to with Bill Self and Dewan Harris. Think back to well, really all of Bill Self's great teams have always had great point guards. Uh, you know, the the Wichita State most recent dominant era had Fred Van Vliet, right? Like it, it's you, you've that that connection. And that cohesiveness leads to special things. And K-State has that right now. And they have the star player, right, in yeah. Keontae Johnson. Not that Noel's not a star player. He he absolutely is. But, you know, 
Keontae Johnson is to Kansas State as Jalen Wilson is to Kansas, as Ron Baker was to Wichita State in that run. Like We're seeing these things that we've seen before as history repeats itself in a sport that make you really get excited for the potential of what this team can do big picture because they have the pieces typically in place for really, really, really good teams that make deep runs. On a night that they only shot 35% from the field, on a night where they turned the ball over 16 times, on a night where they did not win the rebounding battle, they gave up the ball way too much. They still found a way to not only win but cover the spread uh, against an Oklahoma State team that was leading at halftime. Uh, And so, again, going back to what we had mentioned at the very top about this team, the fact that they can find different ways to win and make in-game adjustments at halftime, switch things up, play lockdown defense in the second half when the ball is not really falling for them the way that they're used to it falling and still get the victory, they absolutely are deserving of where they're ranked right now. In fact, they probably should be ranked higher. They absolutely are deserving to be in the conversation as one of the best teams in the Big 12. It's going to make the next week especially really, really fun. Uh, We could be looking at, more than likely, a top 10 matchup inside Bramlage on Tuesday night. Uh, Well, It's going to be incredible. You got to go to TCU first. And that game in Fort Worth has trap written all over it for K-State this weekend because of what's next, because of what they've done over the last three. And in all three of those games, it's been somewhat emotionally and physically taxing, right? Because they've all been highly competitive to the end. Um, And because of that game coming up, TCU Saturday has trap all over it. And this is just another test for this team, right? Can they avoid that? Can they identify that? Sure, it does. But Jerome Tang has shown his squad can go into Austin and win by 13. Go into oh, Waco yeah. this is, and win this in is, overtime. Like, he can go into Fort Worth and beat There's TCU. no question. There's no question. But this is the first real trap game, I think, that they will have faced. And we'll see how they navigate that, right? This is, like, every in every way possible, this is a trap game in Fort Worth. And so we'll see how they navigate that. They know that. But can they do what they need to do to avoid it? It's college basketball. We see it all the time. That's just the next big test before one week from yesterday gets lit in Manhattan. All right, we'll switch over. We'll talk some Jayhawks. Voice of the Jayhawks, Brian Haney, joins us on Sports Daily as we roll on on this Wednesday edition. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. 
Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Our first four-pack of movie tickets to see Plane at Boulevard Town West Theater. We'll give away two more four-packs before we get out of here today. So stay tuned for that, your opportunity to win those here. Uh, 869-1240 will be the number to call when we get to that. We've been talking college hoops. Let's talk more about the Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, Tommy, we we saw the Jayhawks last night in a really interesting spot, right? Like, I I don't know what to make of that game. Um, they, they got down late when they probably shouldn't have, and then Allen Fieldhouse steps in and says, not today, Oklahoma. And that furious comeback at the end, which you just, you sort of are like, how, how does that even happen? Um, well, somebody who was sitting there while it did happen joins us now. Let's get to Brian Haney, the voice of the Jayhawks. Brian. It's that time. Sports Daily getting all the inside information on the Kansas Jayhawks. Let's go now to the voice of KU, Brian Haney. There it is. We got to get your intro in there, Brian. Uh, that was that was an Allen Fieldhouse win, right? Like you can put an asterisk on that one and, and give give the credit to the fog, don't you think? Yeah, I, there's a ton of credit that goes that direction. I know Coach Self is always careful to not overshadow the players making plays, which is absolutely necessary because you're talking about you know huge moments from KJ Adams, the big three by Jalen Wilson, Kevin McCuller with the and one to finally pull in front. But, yeah, just you look at the history of that building, particularly in the 20 years of Bill Self, where he's now 301 and 16 all time. And crazy things tend to happen, and it's it's an aura and atmosphere where you know, once momentum starts rolling downhill for the home team, you can just see it physically demoralize the opposition. And I say that. With with the West Virginia game of 2017 probably at the forefront of my mind, when KU came back from down 14 with about 240 remaining, and, and I will always remember watching West Virginia had a player named Nathan Adrian, and and Kansas had hit several threes at that point, and they were within a couple of possessions, and he's struggling to throw the ball in, and you can see his knees physically shaking as he's panicking to get it in, and and the the pressure of the moment and the loudness of, of the crowd weighing down upon him and they get a five second call. And and that's probably the quintessential example of the building taking over. But you know, there's there's dozens of examples of, of where Kansas just gets a steamroll of momentum because of great players on the floor, but you know, the undeniable sixth man presence of that building. And yeah, we get some calls too, and I know that's a big narrative around the league for sure. And there were a lot of whistles that went KU's way last night. I won't stand up here and ignore that. But, uh, you know, the, the combination of having typically the best team every year in the Big 12, but the without question unrivaled best building makes it for just an absolute bear of a home court advantage for opposition to go into. I remember when I was at Texas Tech, 
uh, my first year, we had an interim head coach named Chris Walker, and, and Tech got assigned Allen Fieldhouse on KU Senior Night, where the Jayhawks haven't lost in four decades. And he said, man, getting the senior night game in the fog, that's like walking into a lion's den wearing a meat necklace. And he was right. And, and KU, I think, won by 25 that day. And even though we're not in an era of winning by 25 anymore because everybody's so dang good in this league, uh, his point is a good one. And, and there's just something special about the fog and the coach and the teams that inhabit it. So, Brian, let's set the stage a little bit here for those that maybe didn't watch the game. Um, but, you know, in the, in the second half, uh, it was just a, a remarkable scene. The Jayhawks went nearly 13 minutes without a field goal. Uh, I think that on layups, they were, what, like 10 of 30 or something like that, uh, just in, in the entire game. And they trailed by oh. 10 with five minutes to go. So when you've got all of that working against you, and especially that long 13-minute field goal drought, how in the world does this team stay focused and be able to, you know, continue to chip away at that? I know that they got to the line quite a bit, um, but it could be really easy for a lot of teams to just sort of pack it in, right? Fold it up and say, Hey, look, like it's not our night. We're missing bunnies left and right. We can't score the basketball right now, especially in the second half. We've got five minutes to go down by 10. It's unlikely we're going to come back in this game. How in the world does a team like this be able to say, you know what? Hey, we might be down 10 with five minutes to go, but we've got this. Well, it's a history of pulling it out of the fire in those moments. Jalen Wilson spoke to it last night. He said, we always believe we're going to find a way. And Bill Self has certainly instilled that. He's the ultimate calming presence in the huddle in those moments. The the number of, of references we can make to similar moments of pulling it out late at home is fresh in the minds of players like Wilson that have been around for four seasons and they've seen it, they've lived it. What you fear is you don't want to have a false sense of security that you're always just going to make the plays because at some point, you know, clearly five minutes down 10 was enough time. And I referenced West Virginia of six years ago when they were down 14 with about two and a half minutes, that was enough time. But, but at some point time and score are so insurmountable that it doesn't matter what the building is like or who the team is, you're just not going to win on that day. And, and obviously last night, you know, if, if Wilson doesn't hit the three uh, when we're down eight or if some of the other big K.J. Adams plays don't happen, they probably don't get over the hump because they actually had a couple of empty possessions after those first two field goal makes that halted the nearly 13-minute drought that you were speaking of. And, uh, and so clearly, eventually, there's going to be a deficit that they can't overcome. But – until then, with this particular group, going back to, to even games you know, this season and last where it looked like they were down and out and they found a way to pull it out, they're going to think back in their recent memory bank to those moments and feel like, hey, we've been here before, we got this. And that's obviously a, a great weapon to have when you've got that level of self-confidence and collective team confidence. You just don't want it to ever be... Uh, I guess, complacency or, or overly self-assured because you just assume it's going to happen because obviously, you know, eventually, you know, these teams are so good and the margin for error in our league is so small that one of these teams is going to rise up and get KU if it takes them that long to kind of kick it into gear. But last night was one of those nights where they did just enough down the stretch. And I, I don't think I've ever called in my career anywhere I've been uh, a game where a team had a 13-minute field goal drought and still found a way to win. So pretty incredible. But, uh, you know, we, we had a, an interesting drought a year ago at Stillwater. I'd have to go back and look it up in closing out the first half 
where uh, we found a way to win that one on the road after a long, long stretch between made buckets. But you never see it at Allen Fieldhouse is the point. And that's where getting to the free throw line was so important. And I don't want to diminish KU's ability to get to the line by hinting at the fact that we, we probably got a few calls that Oklahoma didn't. I'm just being self-aware that that's the narrative around the league, and I'm acknowledging it to a certain degree. But before we dive into that, understand that prior to last night, if you looked at the numbers, like since December 1st, our opponents shot 40 more free throws than we had. In terms of uh, fouls, it was more slanted, more whistles on the opposition, um, rather, you know, more whistles on us than our opposition. But last night, it clearly piled up in our favor. But part of that is KU sensing that our best offense on a game where we were struggling to get anything going from the floor was to take it right at them and force the officials to make a call. And, and that is a strategy. It, it may not be the most exciting one to watch sometimes, but on a night when you're in a game that's kind of getting muddied up and, and your leading scorer, Jalen Wilson, at that point was two of ten, and, and other guys like Grady Dick who finished one of eight, they just got nothing going. Sometimes your best offense is to play downhill, put your head down, drive it right at them, try to get the ball up on the rim and force the officials to make a call. And Kansas did a masterful job of that. So if you're not a KU fan listening right now, you could say, yeah, yeah, I've heard it before. You guys still get hooked up. But, you know, a lot of times you make your own breaks by, by forcing the issue. And the aggressive team is, is the team that gets those calls. Fortune favors the bold, right? And, and that was the case last night in a lot of regards. But I'm not, you know, blind to the fact that, that there was, you know, obviously a, a slant in terms of the, the final margin on, on whistles and fouls and free throw opportunities. But many of those breaks in that final discrepancy were forced by the pace and the way in which Kansas attacked in that half-court set. And so that's something that can't be overlooked either. Playing at home matters. So I, mean, I think that's it's it's sometimes as simple as that. Brian, I heard Brian Haney, voice of the Kansas Jayhawks, joining us here. I, I heard uh, Bill Self say in his little halftime as he's walking in TV interview that they got to do a better job of helping Grady Dick, and he's got to do a better job of moving without the ball. You know, the scoring, we see the flashes, but I don't think we've seen yet the consistency there. Do you think that's coming this year? Did they need that this year to be the best versions of themselves, where he's consistently scoring for this team? Well, if they're going to win the national championship and be the first repeat team to do it since Florida back in the Billy Donovan era, then the answer is yes, they do need that because I've heard a lot of national analysts that are comparing this year's team to last year's team, and they're kind of slotting Grady into that uh, Christian Brown role, which is a tremendous comparison, and I like it, but – Let's be real. Christian Brown was a, a junior and uh, and a first round NBA draft pick. Grady Dick's going to be a first round NBA draft pick whenever he decides to come out, and he's obviously way farther ahead of where Christian Brown was at as a freshman. But the comparison doesn't completely fit yet because it's just unrealistic one semester into his career to expect him to be equivalent in all ways that Christian Brown was with three years of seasoning. So can he get there? Um, Absolutely, because he's a special, special generational talent in some regards. But in others, he's still, you know, an 18-year-old kid, right? And, and so, you know, for, for Grady, last night he got face guarded from the word go. And Bill Self had warned in the pregame interview, if you listen to our pregame show, that ball and body movement 
against the way that Oklahoma was going to defend was going to be of paramount importance. If you just stand around the way they guard you, you're never going to get separation and get openings and driving lanes and all that. And you know, Kansas does a lot of dribble weave passing around the perimeter. And he said the way in which they would quickly whip the ball around from the first side to the second side would determine the gaps they got to drive by the time it came back around on the third and fourth reversals. And any diehard Kansas fan who watches this stuff knows exactly what I'm talking about when they work it from one corner to the other and they're weaving around, waiting for a lane to drive. He wanted to see quick ball movement, excellent body movement when you don't have the ball. And at times we didn't do that nearly to the degree that coach was expecting and consequently a really good defensive Oklahoma team found a way to throw a wrench in the system for Kansas. Grady in particular, when you're getting face guarded, it's going to make for a long night and you're going to be dog ass tired, pardon the term, but, but you got to find a way, you know, to, to fight around that and be constantly in motion and, and eventually get some separation. I thought, and, and Greg Gurley made this comment on the broadcast last night, Greg for 15 games has applauded Grady for never forcing anything because, you know, he, he's such a naturally gifted scorer and, and a brilliant shooter. He doesn't have to force shots to get his and to get his 15 a night or whatever. Last night, in a couple of instances, he, he did force a couple of shots, which was ungrady-like. But that's the product of being face guarded all night and being a little frustrated and trying to wheel something into motion. Uh, he's going to find a way, and, and the Kansas coaches will find a way to, to get some of that pressure off of him to where he's getting uh, the more in-rhythm catches and, and better looks that he had early in the year. But right now, clearly, four games into the league, he's a marked man. And, uh, you know, some of the shots he was getting in the first three or four weeks of the season aren't going to come nearly as easily. But it'll come around for him, both with his own involvement and, and what the Kansas offense eventually will figure out to do. But it's, it's a league when you have a double round-robin schedule and you see everybody twice where everybody's making adjustments week to week. And that, that goes for the defenses aligned to stop him and the Kansas tinkering to free him back up. And you'll see that. But, but he's going to get there. Um, will it be to the Christian Brown junior year level by the end of his freshman season? I don't know, but that seems to be the comparison that people want to try to make when they compare this team to last year's title team. I'm not sure it has to be completely that for Kansas to go to the final four, but they, they do need him to be that, that second uh, chair to Jalen Wilson's alpha role. And on some nights to be the alpha and, and right now through four league games, that's been tougher to come by, but thankfully we've got other guys emerging like K.J. Adams, who just continues to be one of the greatest stories in the Big 12 this year. And if he keeps going at this pace, he'll be one of the greatest stories in all of college basketball because you talk about the improvement from last year to this year where last year he was just a defensive stopper. And, and that's still an important role, but you know, didn't have any type of offensive responsibility at all to now a guy that, that four games in a league play in the most competitive conference in America has gone for 14, 14, 14, and 22 over his first four games. And if you extrapolate it back to, to December, nine straight games in double figures, including the 19 at Mizzou and the 22 last night. And this from a, a really undersized five man who's using speed and explosiveness to go around and, and through much taller, longer players it's amazing to see what he's doing right now. So neat to see other guys step up when defensive focus is shifted elsewhere. And that's only going to eventually make it easier for those guys that are drawing the brunt 
of opposition's uh, defensive focus right now. So I would expect it to come back around for both Grady and Jay Will, quite frankly, who's, who's kind of been thrown into a blender of late as well. Brian, following up on that, uh, of course, you know, K.J. Adams, the development, uh, it's not just him. The evolution of the bigs in general uh, for Kansas and the way that the minutes have been distributed from the beginning of the season to now, it's been fascinating to watch. Of course, K.J. Adams, you know, is the is the top dog as far as the five position is concerned, hanging 22 points last night against Oklahoma. But the emergence last night of Zach Clements, um, I didn't have that on my bingo card. Uh, he certainly hadn't really impressed throughout this season so far. And I had kind of, you know, thought, okay, well, we're probably not going to see him anymore. And we're going to see guys like Zuby Ejiofor and Ernest Uday and even Cam Martin coming off the bench. But Zach Clements had a good game last night, 12 minutes, 10 points, had a couple of threes. Uh, talk a little bit about what you're seeing with the five position behind KJ Adams. Well, it really is something that changes by the week and in some cases changes by the day in terms of who's, you know, the the lead dog behind KJ on a day-to-day basis in practice. But Zach's been coming on for a couple of weeks now, and that's great to see because you're right. I mean, he was kind of trending in the direction of banished to the end of the bench, and prior to West Virginia on Saturday, he hadn't made a basket all season. Prior to last night, he was 0 of 9 from 3 all year. And then you start to wonder about, well, is this a fit? If, if he had been a forgotten guy for the rest of the year and you've got a log jam at that position in front of him because KJ's coming back next year and both Zuby and Ernest are freshmen this year, and you kind of wonder, is there going to be a time for him if, if he doesn't step forward? Because usually, and I reference this in part because he's coming back this weekend, Roy Williams would always say, the biggest improvement in a college basketball player's career is in the summer between his freshman and sophomore years. We didn't see that from Zach. Didn't see it physically. Didn't see it on the floor. And other guys did make big jumps. And so you were kind of worried that he's going to get lost in the shuffle here. But give him credit. You know, over that winter break, he has really started to step it up in practice. And as Ernest and Zuby continue to struggle for consistency in areas that, that Bill Self needs at a baseline level to trust you. That's defensive rebounding. That's um, defensive intensity. The, the type of stuff that, that you can bring from a want-to standpoint every single day. Clearly, Zuby's got a ways to go, and Ernest especially with touch around the basket and offensive post moves and stuff like that. But it's the other things that, that will earn trust of the head coach to get you minutes. And those just haven't always been consistent. Now, Coach Self will tell you both Ernest and Zuby are a 10 out of 10 when it comes to attitude and, and uh, you know, buy-in and all that. It's just, I don't know, for whatever reason, it, it's not the consistency that Coach has, has come to expect from players of any age. And thus, they haven't entered the, the, Bill, the uh, Bill Self, Greg Fokker circle of trust, right? But Clements, who's been around for a full extra season, has been bringing it out the last 10 to 14 days. And consequently, um, you know, he's getting a few more chances. At West Virginia, he makes his first layup of the year. Last night, he was the first big off the bench. And part of that was the fact that his best game as a freshman a year ago, in terms of meaningful contributions, was Oklahoma at home. He was coming off a one-month hiatus with a toe injury and came in, hit a big three, got a couple of huge rebounds. Kansas absolutely had to have it. That was the game. If you remember some of the 
the images that were tweeted and retweeted. He had the big floppy haircut at the time, and his hair was going in both directions, and fans were going nuts as he was ripping the ball away from Groves and showing a spark that we hadn't seen out of him. And that was kind of the high watermark for him a year ago. And so Self played a hunch last night. Maybe we'd see some some deja vu all over again, and sure enough, we did even more so with uh, with a season high ten. So that was great to see. But understand that everything I just said is indicative of something that's probably going to continue on. I would think into February of jockeying for position at that second chair in the big man spot, where it's Zuby one day, it's Zach the next. Hey, Cam Martin was going to start for this team until the shoulder injury. And KJ was being worked out in practice on the perimeter until Cam went down. And these freshmen were struggling and there was no separation. KJ was going to be in the perimeter wing rotation. Just think about how much has changed since November with that sequence of events. And so great that KJ has emerged, but they still want to get growth and consistency out of those other players. And when you've got four guys including Cam Martin, the two freshmen, and Zach, all vying for those first big man minutes off the bench. It really is going to be kind of a soup du jour of, of, you know, one day it's this and the next day it's that. That's not ideal, and eventually you want to settle into some roles, but that's just how topsy-turvy and and, uh, up and down one day to the next it's been, and I don't see that changing in the immediate future unless, you know, one guy really grabs the bull by the horns, and right now that just hasn't happened. Brian, we appreciate it. It's a fun time in the state of Kansas, and I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about what's happening down the street in Manhattan. Uh, This makes it better for all of us. It makes a week from now, essentially a week from yesterday, even more exciting. How excited are you as a KU guy to see the buzz and momentum growing for K-State in year one in Jerome Tang because of just how much better it makes the wintertime in this state? This has been awesome down there well i got a lot of friends from k-state despite what you might think and i'm happy for them because clearly they've hit a home run you know one year in with jerome tang and and uh it looks like the best possible hire they could have made and it's wild to think that the program he left is still searching for their first win in league play and here he is undefeated at 4-0 including a win in waco over his previous employer so kudos to them i mean obviously it's a tremendous story when you look at Johnson, Kathy Johnson coming in and what, what he's been able to bring right away and, and you know, the, everything he's been through and now playing the best basketball of his life. And obviously we know about Noel and he's had big games against Kansas before and so nothing like what he did at Texas, but still uh, excited to, to see those two players up close and in person next Tuesday. It is good for the rivalry. It is great for the state. Let's be clear though. I believe crimson and blue, so I'm not overly excited. You know, we, we like it better when we can, you know, count on Kansas always having the upper hand there, but it certainly makes the rivalry fun. In the same way that Lance Leipold getting Kansas football more competitive again and, and hopefully turning the Dylan Sunflower showdown in football into more of a back and forth is going to make that thing so much better because it's been a decade and a half 
on the football side since we've won, and that's got to change in a hurry. But I think both Coach Tang and Coach Leipold in their respective sports are going to restore the competitive balance to that rivalry because that's why for so many years, that's partly why uh, the Missouri-Kansas rivalry was always so much better because there was more competitive balance. And in the football-basketball splits of KUK State, it was always so slanted one direction or the other. Uh, Hopefully Kansas basketball will always have a significant upper hand so long as Bill Self is in that seat. But clearly, the job Coach Tang has done uh, in leapfrogging them all the way to number 11 in the country, and heck, that could be a a top 10 head-to-head by the time the next set of polls come out next week. What an amazing job at a short window Coach Tang and his staff have done. And certainly, we we applaud that, and, and we're excited about it based on the notoriety it brings to this rivalry. But uh, make no mistake, we still want to win both games each year and three if we play them in Kansas City. And uh, hopefully Bill Self will continue to have that tremendous upper hand as he always has for 20 years. (laughs) There it is. All right, Brian. Thank you. Uh, We appreciate it. We'll be talking right after that game next week. And, uh, you know, get rested up. You're going to need it before the big showdown at Bramlage. We got number 14, Iowa State, coming in first. It just won by 34 last night over Tech. So it's a bear of a schedule for everybody, but especially these next two games for Kansas. So we're looking forward to it. Big thanks to my friends at the Mattress Hub. Got a great night's sleep last night after the big win. Thanks to um, my brand-new purple mattress from the Mattress Hub. Love the technology. It's the coolest and most comfortable night's sleep I've ever had. But they've got a mattress that will fit you right, whether it's what I did with Purple or Tempur-Pedic, Serta. they got all the top brands at the best prices and the best customer service around. Check out the Mattress Hub today. Originated right there in Wichita, some of the best people you'll ever work with. Guys, thanks so much, and we'll talk to you next week. There goes Brian Haney. We'll come back. We'll wrap up hour number one, give away some more movie tickets when we return on Sports Daily. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.